stargazers, welcome to Seventh House Astrology, where I take any topic that's astrological or any topic that's related to relationships and romance. I investigate it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Love or Relationship Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek, and I'm so glad that you guys have joined me for today. So, as of the 23rd, last Saturday, 23rd of September, we moved out of the very precise driven sign of Virgo into Libra. And what that means is that it is time for that chart of the moment and what the chart of the moment can say about relationships at this time, what we're kind of uncovering when it comes to relationships. Now, being in Libra, the nice thing about it is, you know, with the sun in Libra especially, the nice thing is Libra is that sign that's all about one-on-one relationships and really about how to get over hang-ups that we're dealing with with relationships and how to really just kind of make things work and make things come into balance um, as much as possible. So I, I can see that there's a lot of hope. You know, usually it's a very hopeful time and a hopeful sign of the year. I think all signs are very hopeful in their own regard. But with Libra, I've seen a lot of people kind of love this time of the year because of, um, you know, the, the, the whole essence of balance when it comes to Libra in general. I do have to say there are some drawbacks when it comes to Libra and when it comes to this particular sign. The first is that ironically, even though Libra is, rules the scales and it's all about fairness and really making sure that everybody is treated equally within a friendship environment, a friendship group, or within a relationship, even in a working relationship. Ironically, I remembered last year, there was a lot, there's also a lot of favoritism at this time of the year. And um, there are people who are prone to engaging in favoritism at this time of the year. So I feel like uh, the sun in Libra kind of challenges us to get away from favoritism as much as possible. If you are prone to favoritism, instead of picking the favorite friend in the friend group, or if you're an employer, um, actually last year, what happened was my employer at that time had hired somebody new which was great. However, the not so savory thing was that this person who was new got really, you know, got along really well with his brother and um, they were able to get away with gabbing. I think there were, I remember there was one day, one Friday, actually it was Mabon. It was actually on, you know, first day of fall um, in that particular day. And I remembered I was working and making sure that the cues and making sure that the projects were clear while um, his brother and this new person were gabbing the whole entire morning. And instead of addressing the two individuals who were gabbing first thing in the morning, guess who it came up to, you know, middle, uh, midday? Yeah, that's right, yours truly. And he was giving me crap about how I wasn't fast enough. So it's situations, and I remembered when I faced the situation, um, I actually went from being invested into the job to being burned out in the job. So that's where I just say, you know, if you're prone to favoritism, Libra is really pushing you and challenging you to not engage. And the reasons being is 
you know, if you're an employer, there's no better way to burn your employees. It's like if you want to burn your employees out, then go right ahead and continue to engage in favoritism. If you want to give employees a sense of hopelessness, okay, go ahead and continue to engage in favoritism. If you want to increase productivity, on the other hand, you might want to be a little more equal and a little more balanced. Actually, not even a little more, a lot more balanced, a lot more fair. I would have had a different opinion and I wouldn't have burned out so much if the employees who were gabbing were also addressed. You know, if he actually came up first to the people who were gabbing and then came up to me um, about speed and efficiency and if the, the employer could have just handled it a bit better. But I think all the way around, you know, if you are um, prone to favoritism and if you're just like, well, Sandra, I don't, you know, I really kind of, I am who I am. I can't really fix favoritism. I really can't fix this. Well, that's where I'm going to say that this month's transits are really not going to benefit you if you don't even make the effort to try. Um, you know, you can just say, I am who I am and shrug your shoulders and continue to pick favorites. But don't be surprised if you divide your friendship group or if you also divide your coworkers or worse, your coworkers start to quit or your coworkers start to feel burned out and not really invested in their jobs. And, you know, like I said, then, of course, there's always that, gee, I wonder why. And, well, that's one reason for how that, that is caused. I also just say when it comes to favoritism, um, also due to the fact that the sun is also in opposition to Neptune at this time, being really careful to not idealize partners, especially in a one-on-one -on -one relationship or like in a romantic relationship. I think many people are, are prone right now to, um, you know, kind of thinking of their partners as, gee, if only you were like Mr. Darcy, or gee, if only you were like Mr. Knightley, or gee, only if you were like Jessica Rabbit mixed with the, the chastest bride ever. Um, you know, again, really kind of focus on non-physical ideals. You know, I think that that's really kind of where um, a lot of these characteristics come from. The idealism kind of comes from. So again, uh, Neptune kind of reminds us really try to focus on non-physical ideals, um, such as, you know, why in essence are you um, in love <clears throat> with a particular individual? Excuse me. You know, and it could just be more than just how they look or what they represent, or, um, you know, it could be more like of who they are. They might be really honest. They might be really um, kind. Um, they might display a lot of charity. Um, they might, uh, you know, kind of, you know, turn you on in other ways than what the ideal of Mr. Knightley might present, or the ideal of Jessica Rabbit mixed in with Betty Boop might represent or the ideal of Emma Frost might represent as well too. And I'm kind of seeing that I've been seeing that idealism also play out. It, you know, unfortunately my examples for this week will be, you know, fortunately and unfortunately my examples are within from within the workplace, but I feel like they kind of relate um, all the way around to all relationships. Um, you know, in the workplace, it's usually just, you know, again, I, you know, kind of focused on favorites um, again, too, and, you know, kind of wheeling back around to favoritism and focusing on people who seem to be ideal.
um, in that regard. Which kind of wheels me or back around or kind of wheels me around to another aspect that's also in Libra. That's kind of bringing out the shadow side of this sign. And that is indeed Mars. And yes, Mars, excuse my language, but Mars is being a little shit in Libra. It's not in its greatest placement in Libra. I mean, we're talking about um, planet of fire, planet of determination, planet of grittiness and survivalism meets a sign that's all about balance and really making sure that everyone is fair, everybody's equal, um, that there's more to life than just the self, that there's more of an inclusion of you into the you and me. Um, and that really, uh, there is just more, um, you know, like it's more people involved, you know, like Libra starts to get involved more with people and, uh, people outside of themselves as opposed to, to just themselves and solely their own needs only. But, you know, with Mars being in this sign, um, a lot of astrologers state that it's kind of igniting a lot of people to, you know, fire up and go after charitable causes and really uh, make sure that those charitable causes you know, that, that they're doing do justice to those charitable causes. However, the way that I've been seeing that, you know, a lot of astrologers have mentioned passive aggression. Um, I've been seeing passive aggression with a singer's tail, you know, the singer's tail of Scorpio. I've been seeing passive aggression with um, the Ram's horns. I mean, passive aggression, with, with dotting the I's and the T's. I'll give you a great example of how this is coming about. This last week, I actually had a meeting. Uh, you know, basically, I, you know, the whole department that I'm in, we're working on a current project. We were kind of meeting with the founder of the project. One of my coworkers had mentioned something about the project that might be helpful. And that also is like, hey, watch out for this. I also had added what I had noticed with this just to kind of learn from it a little bit more and kind of to, you know, expand on, yeah, kind of watch out for this as well. And the person who is the head, she'd grown silent. And then after a while, she'd said, oh, well, you guys were sounding, well, you guys were sounding off, which was a nice little passive aggressive dig in kind of telling the two of us to shut up. And, um, I just, I, I don't know what it is. It could be the fact that I'm a Leo. Um, but I don't really like passive aggression. I'd rather people just tell me honestly what the hell they think and let it stand. I also have been noticing with Mars and Libra, a lot of self-righteousness and, you know, that self-righteousness of, gee, I'm snubbing my nose. I, and I kind of felt like the, you know, when you guys were sounding off, that was also a very self-righteous, con con condemnatory sort of um, statement. And, um, you know, I just, I, I just, I get really flustered. I, I get not flustered, not only flustered, but just really, it just pisses me off. Um, it's the sort of behavior that just irritates me beyond irritates me. It's like, I'd rather you kind of just be honest with me and I know where I stand. Okay. Instead of just, you know, trying to say something that's barbed or say something that's sharp and then expect me to catch on, you know? Um, but unfortunately that is a shadow downside of Libra. 
Um, I've known many Librans who have done that instead of just coming out and saying, hey, I'm unbalanced or, hey, I don't like how you're doing this or, hey, I don't like how you're behaving in X, Y, and Z. They kind of do the self-righteous bit and the, the snubbing. Um, because it is so profound, I just have to say the biggest drawback, I think I'd seen the same transit in 2001, you know, Mars being in Libra. And I just remembered uh, with 2001, shortly after 9-11, um, there were, I remembered um, there were a lot of people, I think it was like, we're getting into a month in and people were still wallowing in the tragedy of 9-11. And I just, it was on my mind and I just thought I would, you know, I just asked it. It's like, hey, do you think this would be a good time to heal? Or do you think this time would be a good time to heal as well? You know, not only just to remember 9-11, but to heal from it as well. Um, I do have to say that with Mars, yeah, I could tell it was Mars and Libra because a lot of my colleagues turned the very evil eye against me and called me un-American. So I, I, that's probably why I don't like this transit very much and I don't agree with it. Um, I kind of like to say, you know, kind of tell me where I stand. But also I just feel like this transit, you know, if we engage in the passive aggression, and if we engage in the self-righteousness for too long, it can lead to something like with 9-11, which was blind nationalism and um, a blind, you know, blind faith or overtly blind faith in my view. And um, it's best, I feel at this time, I feel like Mars and Libra is really kind of challenging us at this time to really get out of our shells or I don't want to say get out of our shells, but really get away from the passive aggression, get away from the self-righteousness, be honest. If something's bothering you, be honest with people. Don't just, you know, make some barbed comment and then expect somebody to get it. And by the way, being told to shut up in front of a group of my colleagues was not a good call that actually brought about, you know, and also with this, you know, barbed comment of sounding off, um, it didn't go very well for me. Um, you know, I really had a lot of memories that came flooding back from childhood, lost scars, um, that came back and came flooding from childhood. So, um, I, you know, like I said, I would just say, be careful as to how you're honest, but I would say, be a lot more honest and be a lot more productive and constructive in your honesty. You know, instead of like saying, gee, before you guys sounded off, you know, instead maybe replace that with, Okay, um, are you guys, you know, give it a benefit of the doubt, you know, hey, for the benefit of the doubt, are you guys comparing notes or are you complaining about this project? Because I don't really appreciate the fact that you're complaining about this project. Okay, you know, just coming right out and saying it. Also giving the benefit of the doubt for the two employees. Are you guys comparing notes? If it's yes, we are, we're just kind of giving a you no know, warning. It's like, okay, give it the benefit of the doubt there. Instead of jumping to the conclusion of, oh, you're dismissing my project or you're dissing the project. It's like, that's, that's not indeed the case. Many people learn and process information a bit differently. I'd say within relationships in general, you know, um, kind of like with the 9-11 example that I had where people just jumped to the conclusion of, oh, you're un-American because you're not, you're not stating what I want to hear. 
Um, I mean, it was none too passive aggressive, but I remembered right after I was being called un American, everybody got this self righteous look, my, look their nose down at me because they're holier than I am. You know, they, they have that, they hold this conclusion, therefore they're holier than I am. Um, you know, with that example, it would be much better to just say, you know what, I don't really agree with that viewpoint right now. And, you know, maybe just, you know, kind of just say, you know, um, I really uh, appreciate the thought. I really appreciate how you're trying to think outside the box, so-and-so, but I'm really not feeling this, this, uh, the, uh, answer to this question right now, or this question's kind of not really on my thoughts right now. Um, I'm thinking about something else right now, I think would be a better way than to, you know, again, accuse somebody um, in the light of blind nationalism. And I can kind of see where in current day politics, where that blind nationalism or that blind faith could come out as well, too. Um, back in 2001, whereas with 2001, it was you're un-American. Nowadays, it could be, oh, you're on the opposite of the aisle or, oh, you're this or, oh, you're that. And I think really my biggest point about this when it comes to the political front as well as the relationship front is get, getting away from, you know, just even seeing things as that, seeing things as divisive as they, as you're seeing things. You know, if you're already seeing, gee, I'm holier than thou, or I'm holier than you, or gee, I'm much better than you because I believe A, B, C, and D, you're already on the wrong track um, with this transit. I would say calm it down, calm the ego down, calm the self-righteousness down, and also calm the passive aggression down. Be a lot more honest. Use I statements. Give people the benefit of the doubt. And maybe don't jump to conclusions is also what I would say. Maybe use this energy to become more open-minded and maybe accuse people less. So I think it's kind of fair to say that with this transit, it's been a rough one for me. And I really hope that I thought I would never, ever say this, but I really do hope that Mars moves into Scorpio sometime soon. But until then, um, I would just say, if you are like me, you're dealing with the passive aggression and the self-righteousness. I would also say that if you are um, receiving it, try to be more honest with the people who aren't being honest with you. Like possibly if I had the room to do it with this person who accused me of sounding off, I probably would have corrected her and said, excuse me, I'm not sounding off. I was just kind of comparing notes with my colleague of what not to do in this project. Or I'm comparing notes with my colleague about warning flags with this project. You know, what I would just say is, you know, constructively be honest and take that sledgehammer to the passive aggression. Most times when you're honest, that's where the self-righteousness drops. Or that's where the, the passive aggression seems to drop. And the more constructive that you can be, you know, like coat the, the truth with a little bit of sugar, um, the more that it'll make, the, the faster it'll make that guy's drop a lot more. And I've had to learn how to be... Like kind of the sledgehammer um, in honesty and the, the nice, you know, gentle sledgehammer of honesty when it's come to an office full of people who are just being passive aggressive. So, um, again, if you are dealing with the, the same thing that I'm dealing with, you are not alone. 
Um, if you're dealing with it on a political front, I am so sorry. I feel you. Like I said, my example with my experiences after 9-11, post 9-11, um, I, I definitely feel you. If you're being called out as one thing or another, try not to take it too personally. Like I had to really shrug off the term un-American back in 2001 a lot because I was accused of being it a lot. Let's just say I also had to cut off ties from certain so-called friends who were using those sort of terms and who are using those broad, na blind, nationalistic term. And, um, you know, sometimes you just have to cut yourself away from the toxicity of other people. Um, other times, too, you just have to meet their nastiness with a frankness and then just kind of let the shoes drop where they will. I'm betting you these same individuals who are being passive aggressive now and barred in their statements might be a little more honest next month. So, you know, I'm kind of, you know, or when, you know, Mars moves into Scorpio. So I'm kind of hoping my, my fingers crossed on that one. But, you know, there could be some some wonderful benefits and pitfalls with uh, Mars and Scorpio as well, too. But uh, yeah, definitely let's let's get away from the passive aggression, the shadow side of Libra as well. But I think, you know, really with Libra season, um, if you're able to meet barbed wired comments um, and also favoritism with a lot of constructive criticism or just construction, you know, constructive statements. Uh, the good news about Libra is that many people are far more receptive when people try to make relationships work or when everyone's trying to make relationships work on all fronts. So I think that there will be some good conclusions and some good lessons that could be drawn from this particular Le uh, Libra season is what I'm, what I'm also seeing. So it's not all bad. It's just, there's some, there's some little, you know, little mind traps, but we can get through it. I, I'm actually confident. I think we're better than, you know, the transits always, um, you know, kind of challenge us to be better. And, you know, I think that also I, I, I get the, I have faith in the regard that we can get through it. One thing that can actually fuel that faith is that the sun is also close to, so some of these aspects are like close to being trine, close to being squared because of the precarious positions of certain planets, especially the plant, the um, generational planets. Most of them are in retrograde. A wonderful retrograde parade. Um, actually, Jupiter and Uranus had joined in the fray uh, with the retrograde parade of basically it was Neptune, Pluto, and Saturn. So it's it's been kind of interesting up there. But, you know, because Pluto is kind of, it's 29 degrees Capricorn, it's kind of close to Aquarius. I think it's, it's fair to say it's close enough to being a trine to the sun. And really what I see with this is that when we work together in relationships and building new constructive criticism or in just rebuilding a relationship that might be going south, we come to deeper understandings. And we might actually, while we're resolving a conflict or while we're being honest with someone who might be rather barbed um, in a particular moment, um, or somebody who might be just you know, blindly political and calling people left and right, you know, you know, falsely accusing people left and right. 
Um, you know, the more that we can approach the situation with a, um, you know, a, a spirit of, hey, we can resolve this, the more that we come to deeper conclusions when it comes to Pluto. That's one factor that I have actually seen. The other factor is that um, our power can really shine and all of our obstacles can easily be overcome um, in this particular transit, especially when it comes to barbed passive aggressive comments, and especially when it comes to divisiveness, um, which I'm seeing a lot of these days. So I really think that instead of being divisive, let's try to be um, part of a cohesive whole. And let's try to actually use this transit to come to deeper, more um, creative and beautiful, uh, constructive conclusions, or maybe some constructive, you know, problem solving solutions to kind of get through misunderstandings, hard feelings, the full, the full gamut of what can cause misunderstandings or what can cause somebody to believe X, Y, Z when someone else is actually stating A, B, and C. I also think, too, with uh, this particular transit, it can also help us if we come more towards, hey, we're going to problem solve. We're going to come to a creative problem or come to creative solutions to this problem. I kind of feel like we are, um, it kind of helps us to listen a little bit more deeply to other individuals and to help us kind of dig deep inside of ourselves and make sure that we're not coming to foregone conclusions um, that are not even existent yet. You know, like kind of listen a little bit deeply to people, kind of question our own drives, our own mental before we out and come out with a conclusion. And I, I think that there are some who are missing that process and really, I'm just reminding you that we have that there. We all have that in us at this time. We all have Pluto trying to the sun. And it's just a matter of using, you know, the probing nature of Pluto, um, also the, the powerful and the deep, uh, the depth of Pluto. We all have that in us to really search for um, wonderful situations um, in, inside of us. We all have that inside of us. And I really feel that this is a transit that can also deepen relationships a little bit better um, to where they, they work far more harmoniously. You know, it's kind of getting more of an in-depth into the relationship, into the nitty gritty of the relationship and just making sure that things kind of, you know, it, it's, it kind of can be very helpful to, balance the relationship out a little bit more so that we're not either engaging in favoritism or barbed passive aggressive little remarks here and there. Another little interesting transit that's going on right now. Um, so due to the fact that Saturn is also in retrograde, uh, we have another close square um, actually, technically, Saturn's in Pisces, while Uranus and Jupiter are in uh, Taurus. But I think it's like uh, Saturn's in 27 degrees Pisces. So it's like it's close enough to, uh, you know, it's kind of like close enough to Aries in order to make the square count a little bit there. But uh, it is so Saturn is indeed squared uh, both uh, Uranus and Jupiter. So how this factors out, because Uranus is also retrograde, Jupiter is also retrograde. Um, so Uranus in retrograde represents basically paradigm shifts, 
that are occurring inside of us and sudden paradigm shifts, usually sudden changes that we want to have happen in us as kind of like um, it's, you know, Uranus becomes the catalyst to those changes inside of us. Uh, Jupiter is also kind of a paradigm shift, but a little bit more on the spiritual side. We can't grow spiritually deep um, inside. Um, so with this, you know, Saturn square, I think really the biggest thing that we see is that it can cause tension in the regard that we are shedding. So Saturn represents old habits, old patterns. Um, and also when it comes down to paradigm shifts, old paradigms, like old beliefs that we've been hanging on to for quite a long time. Um, like for example, a, a, you know, somebody could be, could have hold, held on to a theory, like some sort of Marxist theory since their twenties and believe that that was, that was um, probable, you know, in society, they believe that that's really what's going on in society. Uh, with Saturn being squared Uranus and Jupiter right now, that particular notion that they, that that person could have held that Marxist viewpoint might be shedding a little bit. Um, I, you know, this person might actually see that you can't be rigid, um, in, in thinking one particular way while there might be some of the factors of the old paradigm that might come in handy it might be better to just kind of go with the flow, knowing how unstable political institutions can be right now. Boy, I am getting on my soapbox a lot today when it comes to politics. I am so sorry, stargazers. I will get off of it um, and kind of wheel it back under my bed there. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, really within relationships, um, the, I, I feel like it's no different. I feel like everybody's kind of undergoing um, a, a, a radical paradigm shift whether spiritually or whether just uh, sociopolitically. Um, I think Uranus also represents sociopolitical views. Um, and it, it's just causing a little bit of tension in people. What I actually say is that where it becomes a bit of an issue in relationships is if this old paradigm shift, if somebody becomes overly zealous and then they start alienating their loved one with a new theory. You know, like, for example, say that somebody has found that, you know, Hindu meditation is far better than Buddhist meditation and their loved one doesn't really necessarily agree. And they kind of alienate the loved one um, automatically. Like you have no idea what you're thinking. You have no idea what you're talking about and try to, um, you know, go for alienation tactics or for Jedi mind tricks a little bit. That's where this tension can erupt um, in relationships. And just kind of what I remind everybody, um, just because you might be going through a radical paradigm shift, first off, if you are, that's really good for you. You know, and really in all seriousness, that's really good for you. However, not everybody shares your opinion. Um, don't get overly zealous. Not everybody shares your opinion. Maybe take this time, especially since Uranus is so radical and so fast, um, you know, Uranus is that planet where, you know, kind of like with Mars, we kind of act before we think. Uranus, I feel like even more so, you know, maybe like uh, take this retrograde time to just research a little bit more 
when it comes to that new radical theory or when it comes to this new change or this new paradigm shift in you, see like how valid it is, what are the pros of it, what are the cons of it. You know, even if you believe in it wholeheartedly, definitely see the cons of it. And just, you know, really be kind of compassionate about it to your loved one. Um, your loved one may not really share the same viewpoints, the same with colleagues at work, the same with friendship groups or friends. Try not to alienate yourself from friends um, just because you're going from a through a paradigm shift and really just try to kind of merge um, as much as you possibly can or really just try to use this time to kind of weigh out the theory as much as you possibly can and maybe see how that particular paradigm shift can include others into your circle. Now, also with this set in mind, Stargazers, this is a time when I think everybody's kind of going through one paradigm shift one way or another. Uh, depends on where Taurus is in your chart. Um, if it's like in your ninth house, if it's in your first house, if it could be in your seventh house, um, everybody's going through a radical paradigm shift, um, you know, just kind of shedding what they've come to know, um, for a while. And it, it, it is kind of, it can be tension inducing because it's like you, you almost feel as though the foundation that you've been on is kind of crumbling a little bit, or it's kind of shaking a little bit. And it can cause a little bit of tension in that regard. I would just say also just try to be compassionate towards others and try to be compassionate towards each other uh, when it comes to this, because everybody's kind of going through it um, together collectively. Also, I would say with Jupiter in the fray, um, even though Jupiter can produce its own dogma with the square, um, I would say with Jupiter, um, try to use its more benefic side even though it's in retrograde right now, try to use its more benefic side in trying to just maybe listen to different paradigm shifts and see, hey, um, you know, listen to somebody who is having a paradigm shift and, you know, maybe see if your paradigm shifts kind of collaborate with theirs and, you know, try to work it out that way as well too. I think when it comes to the whole realm of ideology, we would best be um, advised to listen. Again, I think this is going to be a huge month for listening to one another, um, being very compassionate, you know, like listening compassionately and deeply to one another and really um, kind of making sure that maybe there might be a middle ground um, in your beliefs to where you can merge with other people and not just isolate yourself from everyone else. Now, normally I also include the moon um, in the chart of the moment, but I kind of felt like when it comes to relationships and the moon, I kind of agree with the, I, I kind of agree with the uh, progressive astrologers in the regard that the moon can shift, you know, almost every day. Um, so what might be of an emotional significance right now could change tomorrow. So I think I'm going to just kind of leave the moon out. It is in Taurus right now. Um, so if you are thinking of, you know, you're reverberating on creature comforts, on being close to family, being close to loved ones, and also really kind of monitoring fiscal investments at this time, that's where that energy is kind of reverberating as well, too, and especially with that full moon as well, too. Um, it's I, I just feel like it's amplifying that energy at this point, you know, kind of prosperous energy as well, too. 
that prosperous energy can be shared with loved ones and also um, really getting close and, you know, forming very intimate relationships with, with loved ones is a really another good strength for this particular chart at the moment. Of course, um, like I said, for, you know, again, knowing the moon, it could shift into Gemini tomorrow. And then, um, you know, intimate relationships could be replaced with a, you know, a need for communication. So again, um, take the, the moon's position right now with a grain of salt is what I would also, uh, really quite recommend. But stargazers, this is the chart of the moment for this, um, Libra season. I hope that you guys enjoyed, you know, even though I had some political, um, kind of sort of, you know, examples, um, I hope that this was still very enjoyable and very informative to you. If you guys have questions or even if you guys have comments, you can contact me at Sandra.Misek, M-I-S-E-K on Instagram. You can contact me at Misek, M-I-S-E-K dot Sandra at gmail.com. Also, for as little as $2 a month, Stargazers, you can actually get a free Sinistry report. When you become a member to this particular podcast, again, visit patreon.com forward slash seventh house astrology for more details on that one. I, I really would love to see more, more patrons, um, to this particular, uh, you know, podcast as well, too. But above all, stargazers, it is, as I mentioned before, the full moon occurred on Friday of this last week it is still super full still super beautiful 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 i think on thursday with the super moon it was incredible it was gorgeous so that's something to look forward to in the night sky and above all it could give us a little bit of a break from the retrograde parade that's going on also with mars and libra wink wink that's going on <laughs> but above all um stargazers uh, you know, we are looking at the origins in the sky of astrology. And also, like I said, whether it's a mindful break or whether we're actually looking for constellations, we're looking at the origins of astrology when we look up at the night sky. But above all, stargazers, uh, between now and next week, I do hope to find you safe and I do hope to find you well. And between now and next week. <laughs>